Good morning. Welcome to the Bride of Jesus Christ podcast. I am your host, um, Duakabasi. Just a quick recap. Last week we talked about the um, the road to forgiveness, and we just gave a brief intro. We talked about how um, forgiveness has ha- affected mankind since the beginning of time, and it's it's the spirit of liberty, the serpent that has hindered communication and hindered caused problems in relationships that has led to um, hurt and pain which subsequently leads to unforgiveness. Without wasting too much time talking about last week, I'm just going to go into this week. Um, Today we're just going to talk about the types of forgiveness, the stages of forgiveness. So I've come to realize in my journey to forgiveness that there are different stages. You know how the Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself? is also the same thing as forgiving. Because to forgive means to show love. And if you don't forgive yourself, it's going to be difficult to forgive another person. So stages of forgiveness. Today, I'm just going to focus on the first stage, which is forgiving yourself. I know it sounds like, um, it sounds a bit strange, because a lot of people don't think about forgiving themselves. They think about, what do I need to forgive myself? What did I do? Right? And it's easier to play the victim. It's easier to play the position where you're like, oh, it's that person, or that person did this, or that person said that. Rather than singing the part that you played or the part that you contributed to putting yourself in that position. One thing I've come to realize in my journey is that regardless of whatever position you find yourself, the Holy Spirit is always leading you. That subconscious in your mind telling you that thing you're about to do is wrong or that decision is wrong or don't say that or don't act that way. Because you know it's wrong, but then you go ahead and you do it anyways because it's what you're used to doing. That is what you need to forgive yourself for. For ignoring yourself. For ignoring that subconscious in you telling you, don't say that, don't do that, don't go there. And in in pain, we forget the part that we play and we focus so much on the pain, so much on what the other person said. And the other person did that we forget that before anything happened we gave access to it let me give you an example before anyone gains access to you before anything happens in your life you have to give it permission to let's say um it's something that i heard from i heard a long time ago from a friend of mine and he said to me he said You cannot embarrass me because I choose not to be embarrassed. Like, embarrassment and shame is a choice. Like, you can do something that you think is supposed to embarrass me, but I choose not to be embarrassed because I don't want to be embarrassed. 
So what might be embarrassing and shameful to another person or to someone is what anchors that spirit, that feeling of fear, that spirit of shame, that spirit of pain. Because you think that, oh, if anyone sees this part of me, or if anyone discovers the side of me, or if I make this move or do this, then I get exposed to shame, to hurt, to ridicule, and then I get embarrassed. But then embarrassment is a choice. Also, as pain is a choice. I'll say this. If someone does something to you, let me see what's the worst case scenario I can use. As an example, if someone does something to you and let's say they hurt you, your decision to let that thing linger is is your choice. It doesn't matter what that person did. Okay, I'll give you an example. A couple of years ago, I went on a trip to Dubai for the first time. And Anyone that knows me knows that, like, I am the queen of minding my business. Even if I go to a place with people, I, I basically just mind my business. And I went there with, um, I went there with some people. I went there with four people. I didn't go there alone. And went to the Dubai Mall. There was an argument about who should stay back and cook and who should go. Some people wanted to go shopping and some people wanted to stay. I wasn't really with like the argument. I was just like, whatever. Cause I was just happy about the whole trip. And everything seemed fine. And those I wanted to stay back stayed and those I wanted to go, go went. So I went with them to those I wanted to go back and cook. I went, I went back with them. And then towards the evening, the issue was reported to the people that we came with and it was like a whole discussion and out of nowhere it became my fault like there was the person that caused the issue the person that wanted to stay back caused the issue no one addressed her but everyone was just shouting at me and i was sitting down there like i had said absolutely nothing i intentionally chose not to say anything during the argument in fact I wasn't even, I wasn't saying anything. I didn't give response. I didn't put my mouth. But somehow, for some reason, I was dragged into it and I was being shouted at for no particular reason. That hurt me so bad because I wasn't given the opportunity to defend myself because there was no, there was nothing to defend because I didn't do anything. And I wasn't even part of the conversation. But somehow I was dragged into it. For whatsoever reason. I was pissed. I was so upset. There was a lady that came with us. On the trip. And I was really angry. And she just messaged me. I was like. She wasn't in the room when the discussion was happening. She was like. Do you want to meet me outside? And I walked somewhere. She went to one shop. And she sat outside. And she was eating. And I joined her. And she told me something. She said, this, this is the most profound thing I've heard all my life. And it has stuck with me for years. She said this to me. She said, when people do something to you, if someone shouts at you, someone screams at you, someone blames you for something, 
That is not your fault, that you had no business in, that you did nothing about, that you were not even involved in. They have let's released a negative energy. Like we talked about, I think we talked about last week, that energy is not just energy, energy is spirits. So if someone does something, they've released a spirit to you. And it is your responsibility, is your choice to either reject that feeling, reject that energy, or accept it. And I was really, like, I was a bit confused. She said, gave me, she gave me an example. She said, if that person has said something negative to you, understand that that person has said it, released the energy, and has gone. They might not even remember that you did that or they said that. But then that energy they've released has been targeted towards you. And you have a choice. Either you accept or you reject it. Like a parcel that has been sent to you and the postman comes. You can either tell the postman, this is the wrong address, this is not for me. Or you accept it and you keep it in your house. That's just exactly how exactly how the spirit is, how energy works. When people transfer any form of negativity to you, you can either decide to hold on to it and keep it with you and nurse it. But I want you to remember something. If you hold a cup of, an empty cup of water for one minute, it doesn't become heavy. But if you hold it for five days, it becomes the heaviest thing in the world until you drop it. That's what it feels like. To hold on to a spirit on an energy that someone has transferred and given to you. It becomes the heaviest thing in the world and it becomes a burden. That every day that's what you that's what you hold on to. It becomes very heavy. And it's 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 not good. It doesn't help you. Because that's what unforgiveness does. Now, in order for you to recover that, you have to understand. Drop that burden. You have to understand what part you play. Now, in that scenario, I looked at myself. I didn't play any part. Maybe the part I played was that I didn't speak out, or I just didn't reject. I didn't reject the energy soon enough, or I accepted it because of the value those people had in my life, or the value I had placed on them. And it wasn't until it wasn't until recently in my life that I realized that. Even the most important people in your life, people that you hold on the hold on the pedestal and like you consider them to be very important, those people are also human beings, and they even more than you make so many mistakes. They make so many mistakes. In fact, some of them are not even healed from their mistakes. You know how they say, "Be careful not to meet your heroes," because you turned out you turn out not to like them, or they turn out to be not who you expected them to be. The same thing about authority figures in our lives. That we feel like this person is so this, is so that. But the truth is that person is struggling with something that you do not have any idea about. You come to realize that in some ways there's no competition. No one is better than anybody. But in some ways you are better off without that person. Or without putting anybody in a pedestal because... <laughs> The truth of the whole matter is that we're all on a journey. And the devil does not characterize who he chooses to attack. He attacks all of us because we are all created in the image and in the likeness of God. But I digress. My mom told me something. She said something about mistakes. The thing about mistakes is that 
you might forget it. No, you will not really forget it, but you might, you might, time might pass, but the memory of that thing sticks, especially if you're the one that did something. That person might have forgiven you, but that memory sticks. It stays with you and it lingers. And now the reason why it lingers so much is because, I mean, she's told me it lingers, but I came to understand by myself that the reason why it lingers so much is because you haven't taken the lessons from it. You haven't taken the lessons from it. Someone hurts me. Someone I, I held very close to my heart hurts me deeply. Deep, 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 <laughs> deeper than I could ever really imagine. And, I held on to it for years without even knowing I held on to it because I have so much love for this person that I thought to myself, like, I have definitely, in my mind, I had definitely forgiven this person because the thing, the tricky thing about forgiveness is that you might love someone so much, but still not forgive them. You might think you are forgiving them, but you actually haven't. So I love this person so much. I still do. I still love this person so much and it held like it held that situation just held a a space in my heart that I didn't really recognize it and it became a thing where when the time came the enemy started using those things that the person did as a form of attack and it was like everything every week it was something new every week it was something not something new as in something new but every week it was something different about what that person did to me every week the enemy made it a point of duty to remind me about something and it wasn't you know, to say the idle man is the devil's workshop mm. but when i wasn't idle i was at work so it wasn't as if i was just sitting at my house and the enemy just said no i was actually working and my work is very busy and fast-paced and you have to pay attention to things so in that environment the enemy just somehow found a way to send these arrows of thoughts about what this person had done, what this person had and at the, at the, the thing is, I would engage at first, I would engage in the energy, I would be so angry, I would engage and I would just be thinking and just whilst I'm walking. <laughs> and I realized there was a pattern. So the enemy would do this, first time I would engage, but then towards the end of the day, I would pray. Which is something I should have originally done. But I would pray about it and I would speak to God about Because the Bible says if God was to count iniquity, nobody would stand. And that's what David said. And I remember that God, if he were to count my iniquities, I myself would not stand. I myself do not even know the formula to forgiving anybody. Because there's no one that I know that has gone through the pain that I went through. It's not in the Bible. There's no one that says that. There's nobody in the Bible that shows me that I've gone through the exact same situation that I have gone through. And I have read through the Bible. I have read through the Bible and I don't know of anyone that has really gone through the exact same situation. But I know that the characters in the Bible too, they too went through pain. But then it's not really, it's not really emphasized because the Bible is not to emphasize pain, but emphasize the glory of God and the works of God in the lives of people and children and his, his ministers. So I would literally just speak to God on my way back from work and I would tell God like, okay, Heavenly Father, I don't know how to go through this. I don't know how to heal from this pain. I don't know what to say. Because 
it it was a tricky situation because this is someone I love very much, and it's someone that I would like to talk to. I would like to be free with. I would like to banter and gist and laugh because I just love this person so deeply, and I didn't know how to get around that. Like there's this so much love, but then there's this barrier, this thing standing in between me and getting this love to this person and letting them understand exactly how I feel and I would just find myself in that position and I would just sit and I would just pray because I understand that this individual is is a is a human too and okay I don't release his gender because okay and he is subjectable to pain too and he's subjectable to hurts too, and he's subjectable to to things too. Like the way there's a quote that someone says says, "Hurts people, hurts people." That he 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 like it. Just that understanding came, but like I said something last week, because you understand the situation does not necessarily mean you have forgiven the person. So I had to battle with that section as well. So I came from a place of being angry to understanding why he did what he did and from understanding why he did what he did, expecting that the pain would go away, but the pain was like, now since I'm still here. And I'm like, okay, how do I deal with this? And then I came I came across forgiving myself. Understanding that I had to forgive myself. I had to forgive myself for the part that I played. I had to forgive myself for the disobedience because God really spoke to me and I disobeyed the voice of God more than once. Forgiving myself for not being able to control my emotions at the time which I needed to. Forgiving myself for not seeking the face of the Father immediately I identified that the enemy was coming in with an attack. Because the Bible says, oh you man, you have no excuse. And my mentor stresses this out when he's speaking. And this is actually very true because the Bible also tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but principalities and powers and rulers in high places. So the moment you feel I uh, I felt that attack or felt that that thought or that thought came across my mind like oh he's doing this because of this and he's doing that because of that. I just felt like rather than praying and going to the Father like Father identify this I identify that this is not you speaking. Because you know the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, is kindness, is goodness, is forgiveness. And anything that is opposite that feeling is not the Spirit of God that is speaking. And right in that period is when you should pray, is when you should start speaking. But then, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. And I didn't do that for, and it happened like so happened that my week started so amazingly. And then Tuesday the attacks came and then I was just heavy. I was angry and I was holding on. Why was I holding on? You know, I always say something. If you don't watch football, when someone talks about football, you cannot resonate with football. So for me to hold on to that pain, that means there was something in me that still resonated with that pain. And it's something that I had to deal with personally. Like, why am I still resonating with this pain? Why is this pain still here? Why am I still holding on to it? That means that there's something in me 
that somehow still resonates with this pain, that somehow still identifies with this pain, that somehow still wants to have this. And then I started digging deep and being honest with myself. And then I started forgiving myself. Because the thing about pain is that there's a root. Bible says, train up a child in the way he should grow, so that when he grows, he will not depart from it. That means from when, from when I was young, I became familiar with pain until I started discovering where the familiarity came from. Why am I so familiar with this spirit that I hold on to it? Why am I so familiar with rejection that I hold on to it? Why am I so familiar with shame that I hold on to it? Why am I so familiar with pain that I hold on to it? And I started tracking back to the first time in my life that I felt embarrassed. The first time, first time in my life that I felt rejected. The first time in my life that I felt pain. And I started to forgive myself. And it's crazy because I had to picture myself a five-year-old me. And I had to have a conversation with a five-year-old version of me and tell her, I forgive you. And I know you don't know better. I I started to protect myself in the way that I was not protected as a child. And that takes a different level of like depth. Because I switched up my focus from another person, oh, this person did this, to when was the last time I allowed this spirit to gain entry into my life? When was the first time I allowed shame, I allowed rejection, I allowed pain, I allowed anger, I allowed malice to gain access into my life? Because as soon as I was able to deal with that, as soon as I was able to identify that, pray about that, Heal that and I'll put that with the blood of Jesus because let me tell you something. <coughs> Sorry guys. With the blood of Jesus because <coughs> the blood of Jesus does better things than the blood of Abel. That's what the Bible says. That blood heals you. It delivers you. Because that blood was shed for a reason. That shows that Jesus Christ died for the reason. And it wasn't until I was able to do that that I was able to identify where the root cause came from. And that's when I started to forgive myself. That's where the journey to my self-forgiveness started. And it's still on the works because last night I I came across a video that triggered something that I never thought was really relevant in my life. Like I never thought I I had this, like I had this present thing, I had this thing that I had to deal with, or I had this this feeling, but I came across a video that triggered something in me. I'm very, I'm very um, reserved. I've always been, even as a child. That's easy to see me and see like, oh, she's a fine girl, and I would smile, and I would just, I would talk, because I can talk. But I'm also very reserved in that I will show you the part of me that resonates with you, that I feel you are comfortable with seeing. But the other parts of me, like things that happen behind the scenes, I wouldn't share with you or I wouldn't tell you about because it's none of your business. In my own, in my own concern, it's really none of your business. And there are things that haven't been through 
a lot of relationships. I've always never really had, um, let's say I had more male friends than female friends growing up. And if I had a female friend, it would be only just one person that I trust. Because I came to understand that girls at a young age, are girls, most females are not really friends with each other. They just, yeah, it's a long story, but women are mostly, they are, they are meaner to each other than they are towards men. It was very crazy, but yeah. And um, also growing up in the house with sisters, I, it came to me, I just became, I just understood that females are not really great with each other. And I've always had more male friends than female friends, also because I'm always, I've always been a very, and my brother have been really, really like twins, but really close. So I've had that growing up. And so when I date, when I get into a relationship, or when I go into a relationship, most of the guys I had been in a relationship were very social people. And they were guys that had friends. And they didn't just have male friends, they had female friends. And now I had just, I just finished telling you guys that I'm not really a girl's girl. <laughs> so I didn't have a lot of female friends because I know how female friends act. And over the years, I've watched how the guy that I'm with, his friends, his female friends, they might be normal, but the moment I come into the picture, I'll be identified that, oh, this is the girl that he's with. And this puts a face to the name. Their behavior just changes. That's when you find out. That's when, I mean, I will find out eventually and he will tell me that, oh, this girl that he's been friends with for years and they were okay, just comes up and she says, oh, she has feelings for him. Just when she realized that I was his girlfriend. And this kept happening. And these are girls that, oh, I know how girls can be. Smile in my face. Oh my God, you guys are so cute together. But, She's looking like sending him messages and because she has been his friend, so it's easy for him not to see. I mean, the thing about guys that guys don't really pay attention to these things. Like they don't know when a girl likes them or when a girl doesn't like them. Well, females, we, we know we pay attention to things and we would easily just identify that and be like, yep, this is what's happening. So he would basically respond and he would engage and he would do all of those things and these things happened in previous relationships and it affected me negatively in a way that in a way that i i just i just looked at female friends differently first of all because i didn't have and secondly because of the experience i had when the person i was in a relationship with had female friends and also, I had a friend, a guy that I was close to, and he said something to me. He says that he said female friends are just like chicken. That means that one day you will kill them and eat. <laughs> when he said that to me, he hit me different. I know that not all guys think about think think like this, but I mean, in this day and age, who's to say what is possible and what is not? So I came across a video about someone that I liked and it just triggered something in me it triggered like it triggered this thing that I've always had and I never really paid attention to about female friends and then it just 
triggered a lot of things. And then I identified that there's also some things that I need to work on and I need to forgive myself for. Going back to my first experience with female friends, I I had to go back to where it started from and and I had to deal with that. Now, a lot of people don't understand that when they feel hurt, that's not the time to go around and tell everybody how you feel. That's the time to sit down and ask yourself, why do I feel the way I do? It's not internalizing the problem. I mean, I get that a listening ear is good, but be careful who you speak to because who you speak to might not be necessary, might not necessarily be a solution. They might just add to your problems. So I had to learn how to sit through the pain and deal with it. So I asked myself, why am I feeling like this? And I had to deal with it. And I had to not just deal with it like in my own ability, but also praying about it. Forgiveness is very important. And before you are able to forgive another person, you first of all have to forgive yourself. Before you are able to conquer external demons, you have to conquer demons within. If not, they will always pop up. They will always act as a as a hindrance. They will always act as a limitation. So the road to forgiveness starts with forgiving yourself. Thank you, everyone. My name is Udwak Abasi. Once again, welcome to the Bride of Jesus Christ podcast. I hope you enjoyed our episode, my episode actually. And I hope that this has helped you to understand what you need to do in order to forgive yourself. And where you are at a stage of um, forgiveness, as the journey of forgiveness. I hope this answers the question as to what do I need to do to forgive myself or forgive in general. Um, and I pray that every word that's been spoken here goes into the hearts, the minds, the spirits, the souls of the listeners, that they're able to use this to run the race and run it well, that they're able to overcome every barrier, every limitation of pain, rejection, shame, and hurt that has been planted in their lives from when they were born and even up until now. I pray that this word is able to enlighten the listeners because Father, King of Glory, you said in your word that your word is like a double-edged sword, dividing the spirit, the soul, the spirits, even down to the bone marrow of man. Let this word go bound into the ears of the listeners, that they may use it to run their race here on earth. Thank you, Father Rock of Ages. I worship you. For in Jesus' mighty, precious name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day. God bless you.